The Perfect Ten with Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time Radio Award winner. Our first guest in the Perfect Ten studios this year is one of the world's best big wave surfers. He's taken on Jaws in Hawaii, Ghost Trees and Mavericks in California, and of course, Shipstern's Bluff in Tasmania. And he admits he was inspired by watching Ross Clark Jones and four-time world surfing champion Mark Richards at Waimea Bay in the mid-1980s. He's also humble, a father of three, a firefighter, and a hero to many surfers right around the world. Justin Orport, better known as Jughead to his mates, welcome to The Perfect Ten. Thanks for having me, Steve. Great to see you, my friend. And can we go back to the start? For me, it was a surf in Byron Bay circa 1976 at the pass. When's the first time you went for a surf, basically? Pretty sure it was around about 1983, down South Shelley Beach. Were there brothers, sisters, parents? Was someone involved in surfing that got you into the sport? Yeah, me and my sister just went and purchased a Simon Anderson three-fin thruster. And uh, most people had singles and twins then, and we'd never surfed before. Just went down to Goanna Surf at Terrigal. We'd looked around here at Long Jetty at Surf and Sail and stuff. Went down there and got a board for $172. So me and her, she was getting one for Christmas, and so that was my board but we had to share it until christmas day so we got out south shelley one summer's one summer's uh lunchtime and we had no idea what to do but we just walked out as far as we could and turned around and started catching some whitewash it's funny you say that because my first board was 11th ave palm beach it cost 20 dollars mum bought it for me and it had a really cool lightning bolt on the back uh but uh, for you how does it progress how does the surfing story continue after those first surfs in 1983. Yeah, well, I was playing football at the time, so in the winter I didn't surf as much. And my sister got a Nirvana twin fin, and uh, and we just started surfing together uh, most weekends, and sometimes if we were lucky enough after school. And as the years went on, I stopped playing football, and uh, I got myself around a good bunch of mates who were doing the same thing. Were you a natural from the word go? No, not really. Uh, I wasn't. My mates were a lot better than me, or, or like there was probably five or six mates a lot better than me. But I was, because I, I was such a small kid, I just wanted to prove something all the time. So I think that's where I got into big wave surfing because I just loved taking the biggest wave of the day, and just even if it meant I was going straight because I wasn't much of a surfer back then. But I just wanted to catch a big wave and impress my mates because I couldn't really impress them with turns when I was first started. So you said there's a bunch of mates. Who are they? Yeah. Uh, Guys like Marcus Davidson, uh, Jason Harris, Bryden Galbraith, John Brownlee, Mitchell Peterson, Gavin Gavin Poulton, who was a really good surfer back then. And yeah, there was probably a few more. Caleb Jones. There was a fair few different guys that I hung with. And then later on, it was uh, Dan Haggerty and Luke Duggan. And yeah, there was a bunch of guys. When do you start to realise that you've got this incredible skill to surf bigger waves? There's a real fear factor for a lot of people. How does the story evolve for you? Yeah, at an early age, I remember just catching lots of whitewashes one day and my mum my said, you go further out and just catch one big one, it's better than 20 of those whitewashes you're catching. And she wasn't a surfer, but she just seen me just doing the same thing. Just She was probably bored watching me go five, 10 metres off the beach and turn around and catch a whitewash one day. So I just kept paddling and paddling and paddling and finally got out the back. And the day, it must have been six foot because I thought it was like 10 foot. And then I'm out there and I'm like, what do I do now? 
And I actually said to this older guy, what do I do? And he goes, bail out, because this set was coming. And I was like, what's that mean? <laughs> and I threw my board anyway and uh, went under a couple. And then I remember catching one in, and it was the biggest rush I'd ever felt. And I didn't know what adrenaline was or anything like that, but I just knew that I felt really good. And I got to the beach and my sister was crying. She's like, Mom, nearly killed you by telling you to go out. And I just felt really exhilarated. Eh? It was just amazing. And uh, I thought, oh, next time it's big, I'm going to do that again. Did you see anyone surfing in Hawaii like Jaws or did you see Mavericks or were you inspired by seeing someone around the world do this? And was that a light bulb moment for you? At that point in time, I'd never really seen surfing like on TV or in magazines. And uh, as I got older, I started watching that stuff and started thinking, wow, you can surf a lot bigger waves than what I'm surfing. So I started venturing to different places and even around at the local bomboras and stuff and uh, reef breaks at Foresters and stuff like that. And as the years went on, I realised there was a couple of days in the year that were just really, really big and, and surfable. And uh, I wanted to make sure I was always out there and never going to miss one of those days. When you're a young boy, is there someone in the story that is pivotal? <laughs> not, not really, unfortunately. I was. It wasn't until I was about 18 that I watched a couple of big wave surf movies. Before that, I'd seen, I think I was 14 when I, I watched uh, Mark Richards and Ross Clark Jones at Waimea Bay. I think it was 85, 86, Billabong Masters. That was a mobile event in Hawaii and they had it at Waimea Bay on this day and uh ross clark jones was his first ever surf out there and he got four huge waves in that first heat of the morning and mark richards was just charging and a closeout set came through and wiped out uh rob bain and uh salazar the hawaiian guy and and i just remember seeing that video come out probably six months later and i was amazed and i just want every time i surfed blue bay huge and closing out or any big wave i just pretend I was at Waimea Bay after that and just, yeah, just think about that video that I watched. On really big days, the Gold Coast would come to a stop and some of the point breaks, as you know, Kira used to be incredible, Snapper, The Alley, Burley, there'd be thousands, sometimes tens of thousands, traffic would stop and it was like a natural amphitheater. What do you think the fascination is of watching men and women take on monstrous weight oh it's just man versus mother nature or woman versus mother nature people that don't surf don't think they really can comprehend the power of the ocean and the people that do surf that don't want to surf waves that big they understand it and they're in awe because they know how powerful a two and four foot wave can be so when when it's 10 foot they understand like a two four foot wave can be powerful so a 10 foot wave must be really powerful probably the key question that a lot of people want to hear is uh where is the biggest spot that you've surfed or is there a top three around the world of the biggest and gnarliest waves you've ever surfed i'd say jaws piahi and maui is definitely the the biggest waves i've been in i'm not necessarily caught the biggest wave for me out there uh it was huge. I was there in uh, January 2018 and it was really, really big. There was guys toe surfing through like through a crowded lineup because no one wanted to catch sets. There was a fair few big wave surfers on the big wave world tour that didn't even catch a wave that day and a fair few others that only caught one or two waves. Guys I look up to, guys that were my biggest heroes ever catching zero or one wave in the whole day. So that was probably my biggest waves I've ever been in. But Ghost Trees in California and Mavericks in California are probably two spots I've caught my biggest waves, paddling and towing. Yeah, and on the North Shore of uh, Oahu, caught some of the biggest waves, definitely there. 
What about this spot that uh, there's a real buzz around it, Nazare? Uh, tell us more. Yeah, I've never been to Nazare. Uh, Garrett McNamara invited me there probably eight years ago, and I wish I took up the uh, opportunity that it was presented to me back then. It looks like it's the most consistent big wave spot in the world and the biggest big wave spot in the world as well. Lots of guys are towing it because it does get too big to paddle out there for sure. Uh, I think about five to ten years ago, guys were saying, oh, there's no big wave spot that's too big to paddle. But now watching them guys there, I think they've started to realise that they can't paddle. From a town that went from like 10 tourists in the winter months, now there's 10,000 you know, per week go through there when there's a big swell. So it's got the whole world watching it, yeah. I said about fascination. You're in deep, dark water sometimes. Have there been any close encounters with marine life? I've never seen a shark in the ocean in my lifetime. I'm sure plenty have seen me. And I'm sure there's been plenty out there while I'm out there. I don't know if you call it lucky or unlucky or what. I've always wanted to see one, but I'm too scared to actually (laughs) really want to see one. Yeah, there's been times like down at Pedro Blanca, down 30 kilometres off uh, the southern tip of Tasmania. The guys reckon they've seen a 20-foot great white wobble down there. I personally didn't see it. But that morning, there would have been at least 100 to 150 sea lions out swimming in, in the channel. There was thousands of seabirds just bombing the ocean the whole day while I was out there. So I'm sure they're out there everywhere, especially in those big wave spots where it's a lot deeper water, a lot darker. But yeah, me personally, I haven't seen one. And that is where we leave part one with big wave surfer, Justin Orport. Episode two, Jug talks about his worst ever wipeout at Cape Fear as part of the Red Bull Challenge. And he'll also talk about a crucial aspect of big wave surfing, overcoming fear. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you next time. The Perfect 10.